1: hi welcome to Elaine's kitchen table where we talk about how to create better how to create better family how to create better health how to create better business and better self and it's funny people always ask me why is self last it's not last actually it's first I just say it that way because it rhymes (laughs) that's really why and I am just so happy that you are joining us today because we are talking about a topic that many of us forget about and it is actually Essential to talk about this topic. And you do not want to miss it, especially whether you are a mom or an entrepreneur, a businesswoman, a CEO, or someone thinking about starting a business, or you want to help your kids, you do not want to miss this episode. We are talking about goal setting. The reason why goal setting is so important is because when you goal set, you're going to change your behavior. You're going to create habits that are different from what you were doing so that you can have different results. And that is so important. I was looking at a survey that was done in January of 2020. So a while ago, but January, which is a great time to talk about goal setting. And I was a little little bit surprised because the results were that of the population that was surveyed, only 83%, I mean, not only, but 83% of people did not have goals. And that actually surprised me. And then 14% actually had goals in mind, which already makes that 14% 10 times more successful in accomplishing things than that 83%. And then of that 14%, only 3% wrote down their goals. Now there are many, many, many studies that will show that when you write down your goals, it's about 20% more successful for those people the people who wrote down their goals to accomplish the goals so that's why when I say you don't have to be a businesswoman you could be a mom you could be a, a, someone who wants to help other people whether you're coaching others writing down the goals is essential so this is why I'm thrilled to have my guest that um, is on today she is she is all about helping and come alongside women. And for the past decade, my guest has helped women entrepreneurs transform from struggling entrepreneurs to thriving CEOs. She has helped countless women learn to shift from, to, to shift to empowered action while removing the barriers to their own success. She inspires women to park. I love this. She, to park those excuses, all the excuses, and become women of action. Sheila Cummins is the founder and CEO of The Road to Seven, a coaching, training, and financing company that guides women entrepreneurs to building profitable and fulfilling businesses. Sheila, welcome, welcome, welcome.
0: Well, thank you for having me. What an honor to sit at your kitchen
1: table. <laughs> I am honored to have you. It's been too long, my friend. Like We were saying it's been years that we've seen each other physically. Was there a last time in New York when we were speaking on a panel together?
0: Yeah, we were on a panel together in New York, and I'm going to say that was like 2014. Oh my, no. Now, you know, I'm not going to date myself. I know we were 10 years old. (laughs) <laughs> Having been in business for over a decade now just makes me shake my head because it feels like I'm always a beginner
1: i I agree that that's how I feel too. I thank God I love learning because I feel like, okay, it's something new every day. and Absolutely. i I love that mindset though, because then the you know those failures or tests or stumbling blocks become lessons, right that we. Step upon and keep moving forward. Keep keep climbing up, and I think that's a very important mentality because I think some of our wonderful listeners have that moment that I I know I've had where I just want to throw in the towel because I'm like I I I don't know what to do next. Yeah. So this is a great topic, and I am just thrilled to have you, Sheila.
0: Well, thank you.
1: So tell us today, how are you? How are you and the kids, the family? How's everybody doing?
0: You know what? We are all knock on wood, healthy. We're all happy. We are all still working. And I would have to say I am in a little bit of recovery. You know, it's been a two year, it's been a year. (laughs) I don't really know how else to say it. And, um, you know, it's my husband lost his entire business within three days right at the announcement of COVID. And I think it showed how vulnerable we were. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I think it awoke this resilience and determination that maybe had started to fade a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think at this point, it's sort of balancing all that adrenaline of having to make this work. Yeah to rediscovering the joy what is it that I want to be doing you know and mm-hmm. at the time of this recording I'm in the process of burning down some programs and launching brand new and shifting messaging because that's what happens as we grow and evolve Absolutely. and to the world around us now my husband's bounced right back no pity congratulations totally a phoenix in my eyes literally went from the ashes and has risen and has shifted and you know
1: it's probably better for the experience wow but it has been a year wow well i'm sorry that you and that he went through this and what a a testimony to to really resiliency right oh yeah he's something
0: else yeah. And, you
1: know, and every I think every business had to learn how to pivot, and whether there was a pandemic or not, I think pivoting is always important, otherwise you become stale and you may not be getting those new clients because we do need to keep changing. so mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that. Thank you. great strength, I can feel it, and so <laughs> yeah, I just want to hug you. But- <laughs> Well what virtual hug. <laughs> virtual hug sending. Now, <clears throat> I I would love to know, sh- like, it was was there anything in your childhood? Uh, and I, I want to talk about your story in a moment. But was there a moment in your like younger years, de- your development of becoming who you are, that actually shaped who you are today? Is there a story you can share with us? You
0: know, I think there's two. Oh, excellent. And it's important to know that I never grew up thinking that I could be an entrepreneur, that I could make my own money, that this was an option. And I had I had two uncles who were quite entrepreneurial in spirit and and ran quite a few different companies, but I was so little, I didn't really know. What they were doing. So it's not like it was foreign to the family, but it was not a part of my growing up. And, you know, there's two sort of pivotal moments that I remember. One is my dad always tells the story of where he decided to go with his career and he was in banking and he had to choose between being an investment banker and being an accountant. And he decided to go to the accountant route because he wanted to live life. He didn't want to go and miss my sister and my's childhood working these unbelievable hours in order to make a salary. And so he chose the accounting route So that he could have a balance between work and life. And I think that, you know, finding that balance for all of us of not working to live, wait a minute, not living to work, but working to live, I think has really... I've embraced that completely. And the second thing is I remember, you know, I know you've told the story about your piano recital with the two pianos. I was for very nanosecond in history, a flautist. I played the flute. And look, let's, you I wasn't a gifted musician. I think that's probably the nicest way of saying it. So you're
1: saying don't make me ask you. I was terrible.
0: Oh my God, I was terrible. I got no rhythm. Um, But really what it came down to was standing up at this recital, having not practiced a lick and thinking that I might be able to perform, you know, I think it was Chariots of Fire or something that I was supposed to be playing. Literally probably practiced five minutes. And the humiliation that came because I really butchered it. And I remember looking at my mom who was just so kind in that moment, just smiling and, you know, never said a word, but I think it really, I never played the the flute after that. I put it down and that was it. I hung it up. And I think it's because I was just so not passionate about Mm it. Mm -hmm. And when I have been, you know, pursuing different opportunities. If I didn't have that passion or see a greater good to it, Mm -hmm. I just wasn't there. And so that is something that I bring to my business today. And it's why, you know, every two to three years I go through and I sort of burn down the house and I shift it a little bit. And because we have to be aligned with that purpose and passion, or Mm -hmm. we're just not going to give it all. And if you're not giving it all,
1: you're not going to get what it is that you're looking for that's awesome i love that there's so many great points that you said right there from you know like you said like burning it down every two or three years and then starting from scratch and that is growth right there's that that kind of there's a story about the trees out west coast that are their long tall pole trees, tall poultries i don't even remember what they're called but they they grow like and they reach to the skies and they're beautiful and they actually are stronger when there's a forest fire it is and, and that forest fire, they they release seeds that normally aren't released, and then more friends grow, and and there's just, it's such a, a beautiful story about just, you, that fire has to happen so that, that there's growth, you and, and, you know, and having that passion that you're talking about, right, this drives it forward, like, you're, you just want to wake up and do it, no matter how hard it's going to be, you just want to do it. And and that is an important fire in our lives. Yeah. yeah. You can tell when you're out of
0: alignment with your business. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's you, it, it becomes a fight. You know, things aren't selling the way they used to, or the people that are coming in aren't quite right, or you know, maybe you're you're resenting your days or you're not looking f- forward you know, to the week. And, you know, good barometer for me is that Monday morning at 9am. That's Mm -hmm. my most favorite hour of the week when Mm -hmm. I get to come back and come back to my work because it is so fulfilling on so many levels. And when there isn't that excitement, Mm -hmm. you know that there's something out of alignment somewhere.
1: No, that's so true. So true. And we're going to dig deeper into that. I I would love for you, Sheila, to share... A little bit more about you. Like, how did you get to this point? Like, tell us a little bit about you, your story.
0: Well, I got to tell you, there's nothing linear about this entrepreneurial journey <laughs> that I've been on. Um, I refer to myself as a recovering educator. Mm-hmm. I was in the classroom for 13 years before I stepped out. I stepped out when my second daughter, my daughter was born, my second kiddo, and I n- I've never looked back.
1: Wow. Okay. I have similarity with you. I also taught for 13 years in a class.
0: I know. You know what? Teachers make some of the best entrepreneurs
1: because we're so used to
0: doing so many different things simultaneously, honestly. And, um, you know, it wasn't that I didn't love teaching. Mm -hmm. It's that I was so sick and tired of being in this bureaucracy and having to deal Mm -hmm. with, you know, just rules that felt like rules to be rules and feeling like I was shackled. And, you Mm -hmm. know, when I went back to work, the day I went back to work, after returning from maternity leave, that was the morning we figured out that I was pregnant. And now I know what causes it. Like, this is not a big surprise, but I didn't realize that we would be as efficient as we were, which is unbelievable, because I know that's not everybody's story. But anyway, um, I remember sort of looking out and I was teaching at a private school in Toronto at a fabulous school. And and I, to this day, am very um, supportive of this school. I love it. Um, Mm. But I remember thinking, you know, it didn't matter how much better at teaching I got. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter how many more certifications I got. Didn't matter how many more extra, you know, programs I took. No matter how much better I got as, a, as an educator, I wouldn't necessarily be able to afford to put my kid in that chair. Mm. And that was a shackle that had been sort of gnawing at me for a while. Combine that with, you know, just I was a little bit bored, you know, and much to my point about passion, like I don't believe that a teacher who's lost her, his or her passion has any right to be in the classroom. And it felt out of integrity to be there. So I finished off the school year, my daughter was born and went on to try out a whole bunch of different entrepreneurial things. I launched a parenting blog. I had a tutoring company. Uh, I was designing and developing courses for a, a national training company. I was delivering the courses. But none of those just felt quite right. Mm. You know, there was just was something that wasn't, driving me and each had its own reasons why. But what each of those experiences did is teach me and allow me to experience another facet of business. Now, I also need to go back, you know, a long time and I'm going to date myself probably 25 years. And I always thought that I wanted to go into business. I wanted to go into business. I then wanted to do my MBA. So there always was a draw to the business side of things but i never thought that i was smart enough to be able to do it i was not sort of a traditional scholar Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the sense what i was was very well educated and self-educated and that continues to be how i operate Mm -hmm. and you know the calling to helping women build businesses came um, when i was pregnant with my third kid actually I was emceeing a women's business event, and the connection was through the blogging world, and I was leveraging my training company, and I was, uh, my the training I was doing, and I was, um, you know, sharing lessons from my tutoring company to, you know, segue between speakers, and at, at the end of that day, someone came up to me and said, Sheila, I'd like to hire you, and <laughs> almost laughed. And I was like, amazing for what? <laughs> and she said, I want you to help me increase my sales. And I was like, I've never done anything like that before, but why don't we try it? Cause it sounded fun. And so I got to know her and her business and could very quickly see some patterns and processes that that needed to happen. And from there literally have developed countless curriculums run, you know, hundreds of programs. I've supported thousands of women over the last decade, and it's just been the biggest honor and privilege of my life.
1: Wonderful. Like I hear the passion that you were talking about that may have lacked in the classroom. And, but that, that is amazing. Like, like the strength that you had and the, the, the sight, the vision of knowing that, you know, you were lacking the passion in the classroom and then this passion that you have now helping thousands of women achieve their own success. So that's, that is awesome. And thank you. I think it's, But I also
0: think it's mm. important to note this, you know, when my kids were really, really little, I was watching my husband start his business mm. and there I would go traipsing off to the classroom every single day, not wanting to be there, not wanting to do it anymore, you know, just so we could have that, consistent paycheck. And at no time did he sort of say, oh, maybe I should go back into medical sales or maybe I should go get a consistent job. Like it just was never a conversation. He was building this business come hell or high water. And I thought, well, why do I have to be sacrificing everything? And so there was a little bit of a, oh yeah, watch this. That Mm -hmm. happened simultaneously. And and so, you know, you sort of add it all in and I'm highly competitive. And so you add all of that in, I'm like, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to show him. But it was, you know, so many layers to it. And it was, I really just was seeking a new opportunity and figure out what else I could do outside of the classroom.
1: That is awesome. I love it. I love it. And I love that it was an, an accidental thing too. When you yeah. said that, you know that first person who came up to you and said, "I'd like to hire you to help me to increase my sales." Yeah, she's still You're
0: with like me. Today. Today. What? <laughs> yeah, she's what? still with me today.
1: Oh, that is fantastic. Yeah. That is yeah. great. Yeah. Now you have worked with thousands of women, and and I I I'm sure you've seen it all. I I've yeah. sure
0: seen so much. Oh, yeah. I have seen it all. Although I never, um, I have. I am never not surprised when something, you know, comes either across my desk or I talk to someone. I'm like, wow, that's new.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And yeah, it's it's always surprising. And you're like, okay, even, you know, when I, when people ask me about doing business and they're like, okay, well, distributors, you've licensed multiple times you know it's different it's always different there's some similarities that you know that you hope that okay you, you've learned from this one partnership and then you take it that lesson you would think that you would take that lesson into the next and it's different it's still somehow different it's all now,
0: scaffolded for sure like it's all scaffolded and i think all the times you fell down and had to wipe off your knees and you know brush off the dust and get back up again it's every single one of those experiences creates where you are today
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: and no matter how much you know there's always more to know
1: yes new um,
0: level new devil
1: <laughs> that is an interesting statement i have actually never heard of but so um, so true Yeah, and and you just gotta be ready you have to be yeah. ready and and i love that yeah this when you fall and stumble do brush off those knees and just pick yourself up right now i would love for you to share, if you could, five strategies or tips that you feel like every small business owner should know. Absolutely. So, you
0: know, I think the very first and one that's most critical is that you get so crystal clear Mm -hmm. on what you want your business to be doing, who you want to be helping, Mm -hmm. the problem you want to solve, And the results that you want to offer to other people. Mm. And it doesn't matter if you're in a service or product-based business, you're in the results business and you're in the people business. Mm. We've got to create this congruency between where your skills are with the needs of the world and, you know, create this beautiful container where you get results for people. And I see women in particular so hesitant to say, I want my business to look like this. Mm. For whatever reason, it might feel unattainable. They don't have any experience with it. They've never seen anyone accomplish it. But when you can just allow yourself and give yourself permission to think big Mm -hmm. and to to really say, you know what, this is what I want. No apologies. Mm. Then we can build the critical path to get there. But too many people are flying by the seat of their pants. They don't know where they're trying to end up. They don't know where they're going. They're making left turns, right turns, left turns, right turns, and literally they could have just gone straight.
1: Wow, wow, I I love that. I'm just gonna highlight some of what you just said. So you're saying, you know, to have a critical, uh, a crystal clear focus of of what it is that you are offering. What is that solution you are offering? So important and. Also, who are you offering it to? Because, you know, it's a big mistake to think you can offer it to everybody on this planet because that is not going to sell. But there is somebody who needs that offering. And and that's who you're trying to help. So target in on that. And I I love that we're talking about goal setting because you're, you're touching on something so great. Is that because when, and often, yes, as an entrepreneur, you feel like you're flying by the seat of your pants. And so you are going left, you are going right. But if you could write down your goals, the path could be as straight, as, as simple as being straight. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it all. Yeah. The number second thing. Yeah,
0: number two. Number two, um, you know, numbers don't lie. Mm. And I think people forget that a lot of the clues of what they need to start doing or stop doing is hiding in the data of their company. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we do in our programs is encourage everybody to set up a scorecard. And the scorecard are the metrics that are most important to your business. The most frequent ones would be revenue, for sure. Number of prospecting calls, if you are if you sell through a phone call. Um, number of visitors to your sales page, if you're selling through the internet only. Things like number of new followers, number of email subscribers. Whatever it is that's important to you and your company growth, when you can track that data, mm. that data will show you what you need to start doing, stop doing and continue doing in the next quarter or next half of the year. But we just, we just go and we get so focused in the day-to-day and in the delivery, we forget to step out and sort of move up the mountain and look down and say, okay, Mm. what's going really well? Where am I really starting to fall down?
1: Mm. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. When you were talking, it was reminding me of the you know the acronym of smart goals, right? Yep. That there has to be measurable uh, components, and and it has to be measurable. It, yes, and to keep an eye on that. I love how you described it, to climb up the top of the mountain so that you can have a big picture overview of what is working and what isn't. It's a great reminder to me as well, because you know you do you get caught up in the everyday of all the tasks that, and 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 duties that you have to do, but Back to the SMART goals, right? Like to know, like, are they relevant? Like, are these busy things that you're doing, are they even relevant to helping you achieve those goals? Love Absolutely. it. Great. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Number three, what would you Number say?
0: three, it's not always about the top line. It's not just about the revenue and oh my gosh, the number of people who I see holding up balloons, about the number of cash they brought in their business in that month. Like, I think that's really great for them and I honor them and good on them, but I actually am more interested in how much is left at the end of the day. What Mm. is your profit margin? Mm. Because there are so many people that go dollar in, dollar out, dollar in, dollar out. And then they say, but I have no money. Mm. And, you know, I have, um, there's a podcast I have called micro and macro pricing. And I don't know if it's an economic term or not. It literally just came out when I was recording the podcast. So we're going to go with it. But micro pricing is when you've priced just based on your hard cost, Mm. probably your time, or this is the minimum of what it costs me in order to produce whatever. Whereas when we can take a look at that macro pricing and we can take into account the cost of doing business, because it's actually incredibly expensive to run a company.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: there are um taxes salaries your salary and the team's salary there's operational expenses there are um you know uh, fulfillment marketing expenses everything, yes. marketing everything all of that all oh, your systems sure. but there's also a profit in there
1: mm.
0: and the profit Is where there's so much excitement because once you've been paid what you want and your team's been paid and all of your costs are covered, all of a sudden you have this lump sum of money that you can use to your benefit, you might want to donate it, you Mm. might want to start a charity, you might want to pay it forward, you might want to share it amongst your team, you might want to bonus yourself or bonus team members who've had a great year, you Mm. might want to invest it in another company and enjoy the money working for you. You might want to reinvest it in something in your company. But if you don't have that profit at the end, it Mm. doesn't matter how much money you make. At the end of the day, It's the profit that's
1: going to move the needle the most. I love it. Excellent reminder. Excellent reminder. Number four. Uh, It's it's our job.
0: It's our job to take care of ourselves Mm. every single day so that we can show up and lead powerfully. And leading is going to look different for different people. When you have a team, it's being able to bring out the best of your team members so that they can be the best version of themselves. Mm -hmm. If you're a solopreneur, it's showing up as best as you can for your clients and your customers. Mm -hmm. And when you are working 24-7 and sacrificing your health and your mental wellness and you are not taking the time out to take care of yourself, it is a guaranteed runway to burnout
1: absolutely absolutely for sure I totally understand
0: <laughs> I think we we've all been there you know and I said at the top of the call like I'm just coming off a pretty incredible two years it's been intense mm. my friend that word burnout is around and so I'm you know not working Fridays I took myself skiing Good. last weekend on Friday by myself and like I'm you know You have to, because my body is yelling at me saying, Sheila, pay attention.
1: Oh, Sheila. I love it. You know, I, I I caught that when you were saying that earlier, that, you know, Monday, that first hour is your fave because Mm -hmm. that's when you get back into it, which I loved that you said that, which meant you left it, that now you're returning to it. It's not like constant 24 Mm seven. And, you know, ladies, and gentlemen who are listening, so important, you know. And I, I had this beautiful couple um, ask me a question. I, I, just recently did a keynote, and the husband and wife asked me a question. A husband and wife asked me a question from the audience, and they said, "Well, how how do you balance it? Like, we we the husband and wife were a team that worked together, and they they said, you know, we work together. We come home, the kids are there, and we can't stop talking about work. And I said, well, that's beautiful because." You know, you you want to talk about what's passionate to you, but you got to shut it off sometimes. Like yeah. I said, you actually have to shut it off. Like, shut up. Don't talk about it. And it's okay. It's, yeah,
0: but it sounds okay. so Fine. easy. It sounds so easy. It is so hard. It is so hard. <laughs> and I'm I'm working with a coach right now and I think she's pretty ready to throttle me because we're we've been really trying to focus on how to turn my brain off mm. and reconnect with self and you know it's something that is not a natural part of how I function. I live in my head. Mm. I'm literally crafting 24 seven. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I probably would be one of her most challenging clients. We did have it out the other day. So I hope she'll still keep working with me, but it is not a natural, easy place for many of us to go to turn off our
1: brains. And it is a learned skill. It is. And, you know, I, I talk about single tasking I, and I am mastering the art of single tasking and I'm not saying you have to do it all the time, but just when it matters most that you do shut it off, when your child is talking to you, when your yeah. spouse is talking to you and you know, you're hundred percent there because when you can master that art of single tasking, you're going to increase the impact in that relationship, the growth in that relationship. And I'm talking like, whether it's family, parenting, business, that is a key to success is yeah. learning to master that art of single tasking. Yeah. And, and, and what I want to highlight with what you said, you know, your joy of returning back on that first hour on Monday morning is the importance of of creating mental office hours and real life office hours because many solo entrepreneurs people entrepreneurs who are working from home you feel like there are no office hours like you're replying to emails at midnight i still do that too because sometimes that's just the moment i i have and i want to because i try to do the only look at an email once instead of revisiting it 10 times and that's a lot of time wasted so Deal with it when you see it. But maybe you shouldn't be dealing it with it at midnight, like I sometimes. But there's those moments, right? But, but if
0: you do deal with it at midnight, it means you're not there at 8 a.m. There you go. You know, and that's one of the beauties of running our own companies. We can make our own hours. Uh, and absolutely. if you're a night hawk, work at night. And if you're a day hawk, work during absolutely. the day, but you don't get to do both.
1: No. No. And yeah. so having those. Mental office hours and physical office hours so important. Okay. I love everything you're saying, Sheila.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's why we get along so well. Okay, number five. Yes, and I think this is the big one. Mm. And I'm first going to say it, and then I'm going to sort of explain. It. Yeah, for sure. The only way we're going to get results is through consistent, courageous action. Mm. There are so many entrepreneurs that are literally seeking information. They go from program to program, they go from networking event to networking event, they go to, you know, they buy this swipe file, they subscribe to that, and they're always seeking more information. But Mm -hmm. what they never do is implement. But the results are sitting after that implementation or action phase. Uh The thing is, that is the messiest part Mm -hmm. of business because that's where the failures happen. That's where we try things that don't work. That's where we get rejected. That's where we do flops. That messy middle is literally where the results are sitting. And the only way to get to the result is through that messy middle. And Mm. so when people are going from program to program to program, for me, that's a red flag. And Mm. one of my first questions is, why is this program going to be different? And they're like, well, I really like what you teach. I really like your information. And my response is always the same. You know, I love that you like the information. This program is designed to hold your feet to the fire so you take action. Mm -hmm. And not everybody likes that. No. And that's okay. But if you want the end result, you got to be willing to do the messy middle. And that comes through the consistent, courageous action, knowing that some stuff's going to work and some stuff's going to flop.
1: Absolutely. I love it. Beautiful. And, you know, the beauty of, being an entrepreneur is what what is that description an entrepreneur is someone who jumps off the cliff and builds the airplane on the way down right yeah. and and yes like you know and wanting to learn and and doing these courses but yes so important is that implementation and you know it's it is that messy part right that's when you have to step on the hot fiery coals cuz it just might suck <laughs> and yeah and, and it, it does some days and it may result and all that hard work to a no, which is fine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that is okay. So now you learn from that. and But taking action, I love it. I love how you described it. Consistent, courageous action. Yeah. Awesome. Love, love, love. Sheila gives us so many great tips and strategies. You do not want to miss part two as we continue with talking about goal setting. And goal setting, once again, is so important because the greatest part about goal setting is that it helps give us and trigger new habits. And new habits means new behaviors, which results in new outcomes. So we'll catch you on part two. See you then.